you know, what we really do at Restore, Steve, since it was brought up, is we put them in rhythm and in motion of a sober lifestyle. So they are working a program while they're within the confines of Restore, which is exactly what they should do. This is the Addiction Recovery Podcast with Stephen T. Ginsberg, founder of Restore Detox Centers in sunny California. Enjoy your experience. Stephen, in, in the world of shipping, there's this thing called the Plimsoll line. And essentially what it is, it's a mark on the side of a ship and it indicates how much weight a ship can take on. In other words, how far a ship can be submerged in the water and safely you know, travel across the ocean. And so when we think about the Plimsoll line in our own lives, oftentimes we have this upper limit and it's self-imposed. This is like the limit that we think we deserve in life or that we're capable of or whatever it may be. But oftentimes I've seen like either, even in my life that once I start bumping up against this limit, or let's say I get above this limit, then we self-sabotage to bring ourselves back down to this plimsoll line. And that may look like this. I mean, things may be going great. And I'm sure you've heard this too, Stephen, where it's like, wow, things are going so great for me right now. It's just a matter of time before the next disaster or crisis hits. And that's what I'm talking about here where like people think, wow, life is so good. I feel so blessed that it's just inevitable. Something bad's going to happen. So let me just self-sabotage before that happens to bring me back to my safety and comfort zone. What are your thoughts mm-hmm. on that, Stephen? And how have you seen this play out in the lives of your community members at Restore Detox Centers? Steve, thank you. It's a really remarkably relevant topic, and there's so much to unpack where that space is concerned. So I'm, I'm sincerely happy we're focusing on it. You know, the, the first thing that comes to mind is, is if we forget our past, we're destined to repeat it. That's absolutely relevant and, and fitting where this is concerned. And secondarily, that's where it's important on my end and on our end at Restore where we want to truly make some impact as far as setting a new trend and a new pattern of behaviors and then paying homage to the things and the elements that are providing improvements. First and foremost, understanding that it's okay for things to be okay for people who are starting the journey of recovery. It does not have to be the usual five alarm fire a day at a time nor does there need to be a new one set if things are going along. And secondarily, when when the inevitable occurs, which is life on life's terms, which it's going to and it will, acceptance is such a huge part of managing that. And secondarily, what we want to have a reversion to is we don't revert to self-sabotage. What we revert to is the program and the foundation of recovery. We revert to turning to a power greater than ourselves. We revert to calling our sponsor. We revert to heading towards a meeting. We revert to where we are in the step work and we revert to service. And that diverts the catastrophe that we're used to providing. Yeah. I like that. And I like how you mentioned, you know, instead of self-sabotaging, going back to the program. And I know this is a big thing for you because you're constantly talking about the program, the program, the program. I mean, you're so adamant about this because, you know, you and I both know when people follow the program, they stay sober. And as soon as they step away from the program, that's when things start to fall apart. I want to take a step back though, because 
you know, after you got sober the first time, you were very successful in your career. And, you know, you had everything. You had a great job. You had a great title and position. You had the money. You had the car. You had a great place. You're doing so well in life. Do you feel like you were self-sabotaging yourself to get below this theoretical plimsoll line? Or do you think it was something else that happened to you that caused you to relapse? So, you know what's interesting, Steve? It lends itself back to a topic you and I just covered. It lends itself back to the cunning, baffling, powerful nature of this disease. But that's okay that it does. It truly is a puzzle both ways. It's a puzzle for recovery and it's a puzzle for relapse. So what it's about is too many times it's a cautionary tale. It's a really accurate live parable that applies to recovery. Too many times in the midst of all the good, the very elements that are delivering the good, they get what? Neglected and negated. Then drink time comes. Then suddenly the disease makes its way in. So, so it's this very long play, long form self-sabotage. It's a premeditated murder and we are the victim. And mm -hmm. it's because we start to neglect and negate the thing that is delivering us. And, and just to go one step further, because I think this is really important. Look, you know, I am blessed beyond word or measure today. And it's not about material things. I'm blessed in, in my life's calling and my work. I'm blessed with my relationship with my Lord and Savior. I'm blessed with children, which are beyond description. And I'm blessed with a wife, God bless her heart, who should have never married me. All that is a direct correlation to a power greater than myself and the work I do in 12-step programming, specifically for me, Alcoholics Anonymous. I work my program more diligently and more intentionally today at 19 plus years clean and sober than I ever did before. And tomorrow I'll try to raise the bar further. Why? Because I know this disease is laying in wait for me. Hmm. That's interesting. When you're talking to these people, Stephen, at Restore, because you interact with a lot of people and their parents and loved ones, do you ever pick up on some type of theme as, as far as self-sabotaging goes? Because at Restore, they get the love, they get the attention, they get the personalized mm -hmm. care, everything they need. They're aware of the program. I mean, that's what you're teaching yep. them. There's group, there's all these tools. Do you think people ever feel like they're not worthy of being sober, that they're not worthy of living a better life? I, I do. I believe that, that these old tapes that we carry around that tell us that we're doomed to fail, that it's it's not all right for things to work out, that we're not worthy of success, love, affirmation, etc. I think those old tapes come calling and they're also a byproduct of the disease, a very convenient one, I might add. And that it's the, it's the program that negates those old tapes and that mutes them. And it's critical that they get muted. They can't get muted though without the footwork. Yeah, absolutely. Let's take this even further, Stephen. Oftentimes you'll refer to alcoholism or drug abuse and addiction just overall as a disease. I mean, do you mm -hmm. think terming it that way gives people an excuse to fall back on? In other words, saying, well, look, Stephen, I mean, I, I went out and I used again this weekend. It's the disease. It's not me. Like I'm not accountable for it. In other words, do you think like it ever shifts the accountability and supports this whole idea of self-sabotaging when it's referred to as a disease? What are your thoughts on that? It could if you don't give them such a very simple landscape 
for them to have that very disease and remission. So without the explanation and without, you know, what we really do at Restore, Steve, since it was brought up, is we put them in rhythm and in motion of a sober lifestyle. So they are working a program while they're within the confines of Restore, which is exactly what they should do. It's, I call it the remission hub. It's the practice feel, if you would. So that disease is proven to go into remission when these few simple things are done and are followed. They state that actually in the doctor's opinion in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. Talks about a few simple things we can do to gain a remission from this illness that ails us. And when they do those few simple things, it goes into remission. And then where, where I want to give you a parallel is this. Imagine if you've got someone with terminal cancer. And imagine if you told this individual, by doing these few simple things, your terminal cancer will go into remission on a daily basis by you repeating these actions again and again, a day at a time. I'm pretty certain those individuals would continue to repeat those actions to keep their cancer in remission. Addiction and alcoholism are just like that cancer. They can be kept in that remonitory stage by repeating those few simple things again and again, a day at a time. Yeah, I absolutely agree. Let me ask you this because when it comes to self-sabotaging, and I agree, I mean, there's all these tools and all these programs to help people live this great life. But oftentimes I think things such as, you know, fear of failure or fear of success or low self-esteem or this perfectionism uh, mentality, like all these things can get in the way of us, you know, living the life that we want. And then ultimately we self-sabotage and we fall back into these old patterns. So I know at Restore, you're talking about creating these, these routines, these patterns for people to follow, but then they get in their own way, right? They get in their, the way of uh, living this happy life that they deserve. Talk, talk to me a little bit about that and what you've experienced. It's just, listen again, Steve, the thing I love about being someone who's sober and who works program sobriety, it's simple. The problem is I'm complicated. And that's a that's a footnote for all of us. What happens is, is they get away from restore or they get away from the patterns and habits of recovery that we've can convey to them. And by the way, that have been so freely given to us through the program. And they start to not do those things that have provided that pattern. And that that's what it is. Anything we put before our sobriety, we are going to lose. Anything we put before our sobriety, we're going to lose. So nothing like you can grab, we could grab Nicole right now and say to her, first, Stephen, what comes before Christ and his sobriety, which are symbiotic for me? She'd tell you nothing. What about you and the kids? That's impossible. No, the kids and I have him and we are, he's there for us because of his sobriety and his Lord and Savior. That's the rule of thumb. That's how it works. And that has to be in our DNA for us to have ongoing remission. So how do you instill that in, in somebody's DNA though? Because what if they have a low self-esteem and they think, look, I'm the biggest piece of crap. And yep. I mean, let's just say they come to restore, they're, they're an alcoholic, full-blown alcoholic. Yes. They finally hit rock bottom, but before they hit rock bottom, Maybe they destroyed some relationships. Maybe they engaged mm -hmm. in some physical abuse or domestic violence or said yep. the, the wrong things to people. And they, they created a lot of destruction in their path. They may be coming to restore saying, hey, I want to get sober, but I'm also carrying this baggage of all this guilt and all this shame. And mm -hmm. my self-esteem is in the garbage. 
Yeah. How do they fix those things so they don't self-sabotage later on after they get the tools and the programming that they pick up at Restore? Steve, it's the work in the 12 steps that rid us of our shame. It's the work in the 12 steps that that make us and allow us to live in that context that we don't regret the past nor wish to shut the door on it. Those are there to, to rid us of the baggage that we carry around. And so that's just a reporting of fact, but from a philosophy standpoint and from a clinical standpoint and from a care standpoint, we have to explain to them the why behind the how. Why does it work that way? How does it work that way? What does it do to, to rid us of our shame? And to understand that those associations we have and those connotations and thoughts we have in our head, that's not equating to who we really are and what we're really about. Yes, those might be things that we've done, but that's not the things that we're doing on this day. And that's not the things that we're going to do. Yeah. I love that. I love that. And and I absolutely agree. And, and the things that we think aren't necessarily true and in our mind does like such jacked up things to terrible uh, and can really get in the way. So this has been really good. Steven, if people want to get in touch with us, maybe you could do the send off here. How do they get in touch with us and how do they learn more about restore? We, we would love to hear from you. If we hear from you, I assure you, you will hear back from us. So please reach out to us at hello at restoredetoxcenters.com. That's hello at restoredetoxcenters.com. We want to hear from you. We want to interact with you. We are there with you and for you in all things. We want you to be sober. We want you to be safe. And we want you to understand the truth, which is there's hope and there's a solution. That's great. Yep. We would love to hear from you. I second that, Stephen. Thank you so much for tuning into another episode. It is absolutely a, a passion of ours to get out there and save people's lives. So every time you listen to this, every time you share this podcast episode with your friends, your family, your colleagues, it just helps us to spread the word. So thank you so much for being a part of this important audience. And until next episode, take care of yourself. Cheers.